It is so good to be together. My name is Dave, and I'm the pastor of our faith community here at Killarney Park MB Church. We're not meeting physically in the building, but we're still meeting online. Today is July 12th, 2020. It is the sixth Sunday after Pentecost during the pandemic. This week's Sunday morning message will be my last to you as your pastor in this current chapter of ministry. Farewells in pandemic is difficult. It is awkward at best. Over the past two weeks, I've been experiencing along with you my last annual general meeting, my last board meeting, my last CPR or Congregational Pastoral Relations meeting. Today is my last sermon for you in this chapter of ministry. And so my friends, I mourn with you as well. Like last week's passage in Romans 8, today's passage in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 9, is a life-giving passage for me. We have been entering a period of transition even prior to COVID-19. It does seem like a world away, doesn't it? And the COVID-19 restrictions has made this time of farewell both complex and awkward. For some of us, myself especially, it can be quite frustrating and demoralizing. Thoughts go through my head like, have I done enough? Have I made a difference? Will I be remembered? Have I left a lasting legacy? Finishing well is a challenge at best these days. Yet the Apostle Paul, I am sure, was confronted by some of these very human questions as he traveled in his missionary journeys and maybe even sat in his prison cell. And the people and churches with whom he shared these letters, including today's passage, would have experienced no small amount of trouble of their own. And so I, like Paul's friends, am comforted by today's passages and exhortations and truths that Paul shares with his friends and his brothers and his sisters in the faith. And I want to share these verses with you as well. So, if you haven't yet opened your Bibles to today's passage, I invite you to do so now. You can follow along with me in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 9. I'm going to be reading in the New International Version today. Verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice! Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, 
present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, let's begin with rejoicing in the Lord. Often the word here is translated as it is in our NIV, rejoice. We normally understand that word today as meaning something that happens inside people, a sense of joy welling up and making them happy from within. Now, all of that is indeed true and important, and it's contained within Paul's command. But in his world and in his culture, this rejoicing would have meant a public celebration. Now, the world all around Paul in Ephesus and Philippi and Corinth and elsewhere used to organize great festivals, games and shows to celebrate their gods and their cities, not the least the new god, which was Caesar himself. And so, why shouldn't the followers of King Jesus celebrate exuberantly as well? It's only right, and celebrating Jesus as Lord encourages and strengthens loyalty and obedience to him. Let's remember that Jesus is our king, our Caesar. At that same time, go to verse 5. It's interesting that he at once says that the public image of the Christian church should be of a gentle and gracious community. Exuberance must not turn into mere extroverted enthusiasm, which squashes sensitive souls and offends those who are by nature quiet and reserved. There is something to be said about making worship accessible for all ages. Let's go to verses 6 to 9. Paul says three main things will come into line if the celebration is both joyful and gentle. Point number one, verses 6 to 7. Prayer is going to happen. Prayer which overcomes anxiety. Number two, in verse 8. There will be patterns of thought which celebrate God's goodness throughout creation. And the third point, verse 9, there will be a lifestyle which embodies the gospel. Anxiety was a way of life for many in the ancient pagan world. But have things really changed? With so many gods and goddesses to pacify, all of them out to get you in some way or another, you never knew if something bad was just waiting for you just around the corner. And like us, the ancients struggled with health crises and pandemics. They too struggled with credit card bills and mortgage payments. What about the need to keep up with our neighbors? What about significance and meaning? Or the hectic rat race at work? What about recognition? And these are just beyond mere survival. These are but a sampling of the gods and goddesses that we all struggle with to this day. 
With Creator God, who had now revealed himself in Jesus, there was no guarantee against suffering, as we've seen in the news these past days. But there was the certainty that this maker and master was ultimately in control, and that he would always hear and answer prayers on any topic whatsoever. So if it matters to you, friend, it matters to God. He actually cares. Even the minutiae of our mundane life. Prayer like that will mean that God's peace, not a stoic lack of concern, but a deep peace in the middle of life's problems and storms will guard our hearts and our minds. Now, this doesn't mean that we don't feel pain or frustration or loss. It doesn't mean that we don't feel hunger or hurt, but it means that we are voluntarily and intentionally putting our trust in God. We're placing our welfare in His hands, and His peace will surpass all our understanding. No human mind can comprehend it. This peace removes anxiety better than any insurance policy can. Okay, so let's take a look at verse 8. This command is about guarding one's heart. The command here to think about all the wonderful and lovely things listed runs directly opposite to the habits of mind instilled by the modern media. If you're like me, you'll read your newspapers every day or even take a look on your phone and see the different news apps offered by CBC or other news outlets. And if you've read their postings lately... Boy, their bread and butter, what keeps them in business is anything that might be untrue or unholy, unjust, or impure, or ugly, or of ill repute, or vicious and blameworthy. It's very rare that we see positive stories, good news stories. Now, is that a true representation of God's good and beautiful world? We have to recognize, indeed, sin has ravaged the once pristine creation But what happened to what was good that God created? And it was very good. Some of that is still resident within our creation. And our news does not glorify that at all. So how are we going to celebrate the goodness of the Creator if we feed our minds only on the places in the world which selfish humanity have made ugly? How are we going to take steps to fill our minds instead with all the things that God has given us to be legitimately pleased with and to enjoy and to celebrate? So here's the challenge to us these days, friends. As pandemic spending has ballooned our national deficit, as the refugees continue to arrive on our shores or across our borders, as we move into phase three of pandemic response, as geopolitics gets hotter and diplomatic relations sour, as we continue to move into a time of pastoral search, I implore us all to go back to verse 5. Let everyone know how gentle and gracious we are. And verse 6. Let us not worry and panic about anything. Let us guard our hearts and count our blessings. Remind ourselves how God is working in our lives and in our world. Let's focus on those things. Let's not be blinded by fear. And yet, friends, one of the most challenging commands for us is here in verse 9. It is one of the most demanding ethical standards 
anywhere in the Bible, not just for the one receiving the command, but for the one giving it. Read verse 9 over. Again, do as I do. This, my friends, is good Christian living. Let our lives that follow the one true God be compelling and attractive to others. Even in the midst of the storm, people are watching how we manage crisis and stress and fear. And they're wondering, for those of us who are living in peace, how do we do that? Why aren't we panicking? And they're wondering, do we serve any gods and goddesses? And who is this God that we serve? What is it that makes us tick? Or is it that we follow the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace, Almighty God and Everlasting Father? Is that who they see we serve? So this summer, as we holiday with staycations or as we resume life in the commercial world as it opens up to us, friends, let us resist the temptation to respond with a knee-jerk reaction in panic or fear. Let us resist the empire Let us resist the panic and the temptation to give in to anger or hate and worry. Let us live into joy incarnate. Let us seek the peace of God, which only truly comes from the Prince of Peace himself. My dear friends, these past 18 years have truly been a blessing to myself and my family. You have grown all of us up in Christ. Thank you for leaving your fingerprints in our lives. Thank you for letting me serve you as your pastor for these many years and for returning the love and grace that has been extended. We will forever cherish our memories made with you. Friends, let us continue to follow Jesus together, although apart, the way Eugene Peterson advocated, a long obedience in the same direction. Let us follow Jesus step by by step, one after another, both in the major transitions and in the everyday mundane acts of kindness. Would you join me as we listen to our late brother, our poet and prophet, Rich Mullins, as he sings Sometimes by Step. Thanks be to God. Amen. Sometimes the night was beautiful Sometimes the sky was so far away Sometimes it seemed to stood so close You could touch it but your heart would break Sometimes the morning came too soon Sometimes the day could be so
Sometimes I think of Abraham How one star he saw had been lit for me He was a stranger in this land And I am that no less than he And all this Follow you.